welcome back to the Go For Two pod, and this is our first off-season episode. I'm Liam, your host, but unfortunately my co-host Patrick is not here, but we have a very worthy stand-in all the way from the full 10 yards pod. Uh, Josh Henwood is here, the biggest Browns fan I know. How are you doing, mate? That's quite an accolade. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Liam. Still don't think I've quite got over uh, last season just yet, even though I kind of checked out at the start of December. So, uh, yeah, still working my way back into things, but hopefully I'll be uh, worthy of the standing. Yeah, definitely. Off season is a good time because everyone's uh, everyone can improve and get a beat. And, uh... Everyone's at everyone's at zero zero yeah definitely uh, and you haven't got over last season think about how i feel but uh less said about <laughs> last season uh the better plan is for today we are going to talk about a little bit of news to start with um since it's been a couple of weeks since me and patrick recorded and then we're going to go through a couple of tags franchise tag players that we think could happen uh with the idea of that leading on to our first free agency preview just to go through uh the biggest names across uh, free agency but uh let's start with some news first mate and uh why not go with uh, international news so we found out this week, the home teams. Unfortunately, I did see rumours it was going to be the whole lineup, and I was kind of buzzing for that. But then they did only announce the home teams, unfortunately. But uh, we have our teams. So uh, in London, we have the, the very typical teams. We have uh, the Jags playing, as always, uh, the Saints. Uh, but then we do have the Packers, which has been the biggest surprise of ones. And then in Germany, we have the Bucks, who was kind of known to be the home team. And then in Mexico, we have the Cardinals as well, who are a kind of home team in terms of the, the record over there. So uh, first of all, mate, those five home teams, I know probably what you're going to say, which one stands out the most? <laughs> well, I mean, obviously for the UK audience that's been begging for the Packers ever since they first started playing over here, you know, that one obviously will draw the biggest amount of attention. I think the fact that the NFL brought in the eight-year rule meant that it was going to come at some point and it would have been unfair to have put it onto anybody else. Uh, the 17th game also helps out with it as well. And then you've also got the Bucks as well. You know, it, it's a very... It's not exactly a secret, is it, that it's incredibly likely to be Chiefs Bucks in Munich. And, you know, that's that's going to be so tough to beat in terms of matchup. So long as the Bucks look something like the Bucks of the last couple of years and not a rebuilding team, of which we still don't know yet, and I guess is uh, kind of leading into the rest of the pod uh, a little bit too prematurely. But uh, yeah, and I, I think that they're starting to look a bit more like how they should um, you know, in terms of the way in which international games are looking, you know, you've got one great matchup in London. You can throw a couple the other way because of the fact that they've got three games. You know, in Mexico City, you've got a team that is close enough, I suppose you could say, in terms of locality. Um, you know, considering Mexico City, I mean, obviously it's still thousands of miles away but you know it's probably as close to a home team as you're going to get in the nfl right now so um you know it's starting to shape up quite well the strategy and i'm uh, looking forward to uh, not only this year but also seeing as to how it how it grows because this just goes to show you that it's going to start growing a lot more outwards as it goes on i'm looking forward to nfl china and hong kong in uh, 2030 at this rate yeah i tell you what i won't be getting tickets for uh, for those ones i doubt but uh, <laughs> nfl germany i'm uh, i'm sure i'll be there but yeah i think even the the packers are the main story for sure but i even think the saints are pretty good i know they're not going to be the same there's a chance they could be a bit boxy but they're still going to have very good players on the roster and more importantly i think they're a very well supported franchise uh, and they're not a tanking team I, I don't think the way they're built they'll ever try and go two and whatever two and 15 like some of these teams do so 
I think Saints and Packers are pretty good over here. The Buccaneers. Yeah, I just don't think the Saints are a very sexy team. You know, no, when they're, you look they're not. At... But when you look at teams to come over here, you know, the Dolphins always get a fantastic following because they're the, you know, the brand carries them. The yeah. Packers is obviously the elusive team, which the brand, you know, even the Vikings brand carries them somewhat. Um, there are some teams which bring great followings. Baltimore, for example, as much as it pains me to say it, when Baltimore came to town, it was a right party. Yeah, the Jags um, scored like 40 points. So. Oh, best <laughs> international series game I've ever watched because I got to see all the Baltimore fans in the hotel afterwards just drown their sorrows. It was great. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the Saints for me are quite low down in terms of the sexiometer of teams that you could have in London. But like you say, in terms of actual it being worthwhile to watch, yeah, quite possibly. But you know, they've still got some work to do, I feel, as well, to make themselves competitive on a general league sense as well. Yeah, and we'll see who the other teams are, I think, in May when the full schedule is released. But, um, yeah, yeah. The, op- the options for the Saints games are actually pretty good with teams like, I don't know, Ravens, Raiders, Bengals. They're, they're all options, so we'll see who we'll see who comes over. But, uh, yeah, I'll be definitely going to, to NFL Germany and, and at least one of the London games because my best friend's a Packers fan, so I'm sure I'll be there. But... <laughs> We've got to make sure you can get a ticket. Do you have uh, Do you have a Tottenham season ticket? Uh, we had Wembley season tickets for ages. So yeah, we're on the priority. So no. <laughs> but but yeah, we got rid of the Tottenham ones this year. But we still got tickets for the games. But we'll see how this year goes. Packers, I feel like it's going to be uh, paying double the price to to get in. It's but, um... you're pro- probably going to end up on begging Ticketmaster at this. Right? The, uh, the, the that's one for another. Maybe we should just have a special NFL Ticketmaster pod. <laughs> yeah, to go Pat, Patrick the... loves talking about how much people get annoyed about the NFL London tickets. <laughs> so we could do a two-hour pod on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and ways to get round it and all sorts like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, cool. Let's move on to some other news then. Uh, quick bit of news: Animar Pet. Speaking of the Bucks, um, probably their best guard. Uh, arguably one of the best off- offensive guards in the league. Uh, he has decided to retire at age 28. He's earned quite good money in the in the his time in the NFL, but unfortunately due to injuries, he's decided to retire. And it, it kind of shocked me. And I know when I saw his age, I thought he was more like 30, 31. But um, for him to retire at 28, you, you kind of know he's doing it for the right reasons and just getting out. So what are your thoughts on him going out uh, after winning his ring finally and uh, some good money for his family? I think that it's a trend of which um, which is surprising that you don't see more often. Um, you know, in terms of players bowing out when, you know, their bodies are still relatively, relatively there. Um, you know, you've got, you see some players who are forced out by injury or, you know, they've worn their bodies down through their thirties and, you know, offensive line is, you know, not an easy, easy position to play in week in, week out and to get yourself and to get yourself to those levels constantly so you know fair play to you if you can if you can set yourself and your family up for life and essentially not do anything i mean he will end up probably still working in sports or doing whatever the whatever the damn hell he wants to be able to do for the rest of his life i mean he's 28 younger than me git um (laughs) you know and you know basically anything he earns after that just being monopoly money is fantastic for him i'm really surprised that you don't see it more often i think especially with the way in which especially the world of sports has opened up to players that don't play the game anymore i think that you're gonna see it more often as well 
yeah, I'd agree, especially in a position in a sport like this because the like you said, the risks are just so high. But yeah, it's nice for him to go out winning the ring. Played his whole career in Tampa, so yeah, he's definitely a legend of the franchise. Uh, next bit of news: someone who wants to be a legend of the franchise, but also looks like he might want to leave the franchise. Uh, <laughs> Kyler Murray, his agent, did a very strange statement. I'm not going to read it because a, he it's... absolutely wants to be a legend in Arizona. <laughs> But he desperately wants a long-term contract. No, yeah. wait, no, that wasn't the all-caps bit, was it? <laughs> no, the whole thing almost seemed like it was an all-caps. and the, the, the writing was absolutely terrible. But basically, there's been a lot of rumours about Kyler Murray's attitude and, and how he wants to to kind of not be involved in certain parts of the team, how he's a bit distant from players and maybe not doing well in the locker room when they're losing games. And uh, the the agent came out, did a statement kind of talking about how great his client is and then saying he wants a long-term contract. He's not going to hold out. But if he doesn't get a long-term contract, he's not going to be happy. So it's a very strange statement. What do you make of it after having a quick read-through? So I'm literally this is the first I've heard about it and you know about 10 minutes ago before we came on mostly because I've been having a little bit of an NFL um, lockout of my own just for my own mental health and anything else don't go on Brown's Twitter you all end up just wanting to leave Twitter forever Um, but just by looking at this all I can see is a lot of standard waffle about wanting to win a, a trophy with the team that you're with but then after the first half, it is just a case of give me the money, <laughs> yeah, give my basically. client the money. He is definitely ready. Give him the money. I mean, the last bit in bold, Kyler remains hopeful that the organization chooses to commit. No, chooses, <laughs> sorry, not chooses, chooses, chooses yeah. so that he can continue leading the Cardinals to further success and value for many years to come. Well, if he ends up on this massive long term stability contract, value ain't going to be in the conversation. So that's hilarious. Um, yeah, the whole, and also just finishing it off with the Kyler Murray logo just seemed to uh, <laughs> be the icing on the cake for me. So, uh, yeah, funny is what I'm going to put this down yeah. as. Funny, bit of a bit of an old gun wound to the old foot. Just uh, actions speak much louder than words in this volatile business, yeah, and yet he's the one putting down the words. Yeah, it's very strange. I do think the whole off-season with him and the Cardinals has been a bit odd. And uh, he wants to get paid this summer, which is obviously two years early than where he should. And uh... and it's totally against the Cardinals' plan. You look at what the Cardinals did last season. The Cardinals played the off-season perfectly last year, when you look at it. They loaded up veterans that were very good at their job into positions that really needed leadership because they had none going into the previous off-season. You know, and it's those that carried the weight. Kyler Murray did not carry the weight with the Cardinals. It was definitely those around him. And now Kyler's there thinking, yeah, I can do it. But the Cardinals are committing that money to these other veterans. So all he's doing is shooting the Cardinals in the foot, much like what he does when he scrambles. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, it's bad time as well because you've got players like Lamar and people, and even your QB, Baker, who are due because they drafted obviously earlier, due a, yeah. a deal before him. And uh, even wanting to get paid before them is silly because surely you want Lamar to get paid before you have a better season. Than set him. the and market. Then, yeah, then yeah. get paid more. Like, I, don't, I wouldn't want to be paid next after Mahomes and Josh Allen have recently been paid. Why but, yeah. would you want to be paid early at all? It doesn't, uh, unless, he, un, unless he wants to quit at 28. 
maybe. You know, it, it doesn't make sense, like you say, because every year that goes by, your market value goes up. So unless you are planning on only being around for a short amount of time, or if the only thing I can I can imagine is if the Kyler Murray bubble bursts. Yeah, or if he thinks the team aren't going to be as good this year. And yeah, that's going to so may, maybe he's looked at his, um, his old teammate Baker and thought, well, if I get one injury... Yeah, it could be bugger, maybe. It's weird because they paid um they paid Cliff Kingsbury today after obviously not paying <laughs> paying Kyle Murray uh this off season. So that was quite a funny uh, two fingers up to Kyle. That, that, that I believe Liam is known as a statement of intent. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Uh cool. Only other bit of news then is kind of not news, just the fact that it's combine week. Uh people like Evan Neal and Matt Corral aren't gonna participate in drills, they're gonna wait to their pro day. Uh, we're not really going to touch on it because I know after free agency we're going to talk all about the combine and the results and stuff. But kind of just wanted to mention that it's happening this week and uh, you can watch it all on NFL Network. I know I'm a fan of the combine. I imagine Josh, you are not as big fan whilst trying to step away a little bit. But um, will you watch anyone run the 40 yards in incredibly tight pants or not? I'll watch Rich Eisen do it. Is he doing it again this year? Yeah, he's doing it for charity. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's I'll, I'll watch against... Rich Eisen do it, but apart from that, not necessarily bothered. I mean, why do I care as to whether or not someone can run forty yards in what's a good time on the forty again? See, I don't even know that. I, I. Well, as a Browns fan, there's a lot of receivers that you're going to want to look at, and some of them are going to try and run in the four threes, which would be yeah. Fun. But I, you know, the tape will tell me if they're fast or not. You know, I've I've watched some college games this year as much as I rather dislike college football. I know <laughs> as to I know as to which receivers I'm looking at just from that. I don't need some odd one day showdown in Indianapolis to tell me as to whether or not I want a QB. I mean, a, a wide receiver. Oh, Freudian slip there, maybe. Ah, uh, yeah, a little <laughs> Freudian slip. I was watching a um, I, I was watching a Chelsea player just miss a uh, practically open goal. So uh, it reminds yeah. you of Baker missing on a practically open throw. But there we go. <laughs> um, cool. Let's move on from news then. Not talk about Mr. Mayfield because he is not a free agent. Uh, no, he's not. Let's talk about some uh, free agents in general, but. Before before that, everybody knows. Unfortunately, you see a huge list of free agents, and at least ten of them aren't free agents because they're re-signed early or mainly they're tagged. So, um, we've got a list here most likely to be tagged um, from all over. To be honest, a combination of the PFF one, the NFL Network one, the SPM one, and what they're kind of saying in the combine. So, we're going to go through them and see if we think they'll be tagged or not, and then we'll spend some time talking about free agents. So, uh, Jesse Bates is number one on pretty most of these lists. Uh, for me, I think it's a clear yes, he's going to get tagged and they'll probably do a long-term deal. Do you agree? Or do you think there's any chance that they risk him hitting free agency at all? There is a lot of chatter on Bengals uh, networks, plugs, etc., that they are looking to get him signed up now so they don't have to pay him later um, because they are looking at the safety market potentially ramping up next year with a number of people coming into free agency. So there is a potential that he doesn't get tagged just because they are looking to the future. And also the Bengals have a lot of cap money at the moment. Um, But in terms of do they, you know, do they secure him before free agency gets close? You know, yeah, they're going to definitely shore him up. It's just a case of whether or not it's a tag or an actual long term agreement. Yeah, I agree. I think if he gets tagged, it's because they want another two weeks just to do the deal, yeah. get, get all the kind of yeah. eyes but, but he He's not touching free agency, if that's what you're asking me now. Not, not yeah. a chance. And if that is the case, then the Bengals front office is a lot weirder than I thought it was. 
<laughs> Next player very much in the same vein. So Orlando Brown Jr., left tackle of the Chiefs. They've already said they're going to tag him first. And then they'll, <laughs> then they'll do the deal after. So that's kind well, of what that case, next. <laughs> don't um, even need that next. Yeah, and the rumours are that the, the plan is they don't want him to be on the tag for too long when the new year starts because obviously that eats into your cap. Whereas if you can do a long-term deal, they can cut can that cap hit yeah, right down. So yeah, he'll be tagged, but then extended. So he won't play on the tag. Uh, next two are very interesting. So Chandler Jones of the Arizona Cardinals, 32, had a very good season in terms of sacks, but his run defence was basically the worst of his career. Um, and second half of the season, he basically dropped down. He got five sacks, didn't he, in week one? And then uh, I think he yeah, got he, one he sack talk, in the last He was a talk weeks. of the town and then all of a sudden dropped off a cliff bit like yeah. the Arizona Cardinals. Exactly, yeah. And he's 32. Huge money if you tag an edge. Is there any way? I know their, their cap space is not great, to be honest, for a team that's not amazing. Um, any chance that they don't tag him? For me, I think he is the one that I just look at thinking, I don't think they tag him. I think they let him hit free agency in the hope that he doesn't get offered as much as he wants and they can maybe bring him back on a cheap deal. I don't think they'll pay him that much for one year with JJ Watt on the other side. So the main issue with Chandler Jones is that this isn't his first rodeo. He's been tagged once before. So it would be 120% of his 2021 earnings, of which is expensive. And with, you know, the cap issues like you mentioned, like we mentioned earlier on with the Kyler chat, especially if Kyler digs his heels in. And, you know, if Kyler does dig his heels in, they're going to offer him the contract if he digs his heels in too far. So they're going to have to find money. Um, definitely not not a lock at all. Definitely not. Yeah, I, I just can't see a way they can afford it. And um, the next one's even more interesting. So JC Jackson of the Patriots, he's kind of high, number two or three on some of these lists, but he's already said the Patriots haven't even contacted him yet to offer him a deal. So uh, they're, they're known for doing this and for not. I was, I was just about to say, a, a Patriots player on the tag, are you sure? <laughs> but yeah, they did this with Gilmore as well. And then one year they tagged him, then one year they obviously, they chose not to tag him. But um, yeah, I think I'm kind of pretty neutral on this. I put it as a maybe. I just can't see, if they haven't contacted him for a long-term deal, that tells me they might tag him and they're just going to try and drag the deal out all summer. But it also wouldn't shock me if they let him hit free agency because they just seem to do that with anybody who's good and over the age of 27. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, you're basically talking about the Patriots all over there. That's that's their, that's their MO. It's something of which you wouldn't be surprised by, and I don't think it would necessarily harm them too much, even though he is a class player. Um you know, it might just come down to Bills, Hubris. But then again, though, we did see a different Patriots last year in terms of how they attacked the free agency market and player acquisition. So it might be that they do indeed tag him, just try and put on the old Bill Belchickian Jedi mind tricks for a little while longer. Yeah, maybe. I think if they don't, he's going to get a huge deal, being the best corner on the market. But yeah, um, yeah, they, they, I'm not sure. I think I'd be shocked to see them not retain him basically unless it's a trade but you never know with the Patriots like you said they could uh, they could do something we all don't expect uh, two receivers next who I think are, are kind of bound to be tagged but I wanted just to mention quickly Devontae Adams and Mike Williams I think they'll both be tagged with the view that they want to be extended for, for a long time Adams yeah. wants a huge amount of money Williams maybe will just be tagged and, and not extended but we'll see but yeah Adams is going to get that bag if the Packers don't give him the bag then you know, what are they doing? You know, they know that Rogers isn't going to be around forever, so they'll have money to play with. Might might as well secure the best wide receiver in the game. Yeah, and I think they will actually have to tag him because Rogers probably wouldn't have signed his deal by then. So I think they're going to have to tag him 
just so they can work out how to spread the money around after that. But yeah, yeah. I think after that, you're right, they'll get a big deal. Uh, next one then, Carlton Davis, one for the Bucks, always gets talked about. Very young corner, clearly the youngest out of all the top ones on the market. Um, do you think they tag him or do you think they actually tag Chris Godwin on the other end, who's obviously already been tagged once before? Where do you, do you sit with that in terms of which one's the best option for them to tag? Don't think they tag Godwin. Um, I've just because of the stuff of which I've heard is that he is very likely to move towards the free agency space. And I think that this is part of the Buccaneers reloading is that they reload quite a bit on offense. I think that they just focus on having, for example, Mike Evans, you know, as the main guy and then just be able to replenish around without having to spend too much money. Um, which would allow Carlton Davis to be put on the tag. I think that, you know, the book strength has been their defense for the last couple of years, even though the offense is the flashy side. So, you know, it's good to have that locked down. I think that there'd be a lot of, you know, it would make a lot of sense. And, you know, like you say, he's one of the best young corners going. So, you know, keep that train rolling. Yeah, I think saving money because he wasn't tagged last year where Godwin was. I think that just makes sense for a team that are a little bit cash-strapped and do have loads of uh, loads of free agents. Yeah. Cool, we have three more then on the likely list. This is going to be quick fire. We just want your yes or no. Will they get tagged? First, Harold Landry of the Tennessee Titans, edge rusher. Think he gets tagged by the Titans? Yes. Uh, Marcus Williams of the Saints, obviously cap hell. It is hard to tag a player, but he is one of the best, if not the best, safety behind Jesse Bates in the league. Does Marcus Williams get tagged? No. And then the final one um, that I've written no with, but Patrick disagrees. Uh, Mike Gesicki of the Dolphins. Uh, tight end tag is not the most expensive, and the Dolphins do have good cap space. Does Mike Gesicki get tagged, or do they let him try for agency? Uh, the, tag him. Nice, I like it. We're uh, I agree with t- I agree with two of those. So we're. Uh, I I mean, if Mike Gazicki is the one of which uh, we're falling out on, you know, <laughs> we, we, again we're talking tight end tagging. It's you know practically nil yeah. compared to all the other ones of which we put out there. So I'll take that. Yeah, I think it's ten point three million for a tight end, which is not terrible. Um, no, and Mike Gazicki um, gets results. You know, yeah, he's, he's like a wide receiver, basically. I mean, he is basically Mark Andrews on on the the Ravens. He's that outlet of which they can use. So, you know, why wouldn't you secure That's, that? Cool. Uh, right, let's move on from tags then, because I know you uh, you hate the franchise tag. We'll talk about that. <laughs> it's not that I hate it. It's just that I find it dull compared to actually knowing who's on the market and who can go where. Yeah, I find it silly that the franchise tag period is so long. Just give them th- three days to do it. I just don't three see days. the point. Because all they do is tag them and do a deal afterwards. So you're not no one, not many people actually get a deal done in the three weeks they give them to get it done. I mean, I, mean, I guess that they might as well. Or. or I guess the reason is that they can have the exit interviews, they can go on holiday, they can then realise whether or not, you know, they can come back into the office with clear eyes and then do it. So maybe two weeks is fine, for example, you know, gives you time to at least have a breather. But uh, I agree (laughs) to the extent that it doesn't have to drag on for like a month and a bit. Yeah, I agree. Cool. For agents then, I'll let you choose. Do you want to start with offence or defence? Uh, let's go with offense. Nice, cool. Well, first one on the list, then. Uh, we kind of tiered it a little bit, and there's three at the top um, that I think are top tier players in their position. But we spoke about one already, so let's go with him. So, Chris Godwin uh, probably could get tagged, but there's a chance he won't, just because, like you said, the 25% kicker in there. Uh, what sort of 
he's got the ACL. What sort of deal and, and sort of teams are going to be looking at him? Is it kind of okay? The Bucks will just pay whatever to get him back, or do you actually expect him to go looking elsewhere after that terrible ACL injury and just maybe want him another big contract now? Well, I've just uh, I've just typed in Chris Godwin into the old Google machine, and the first thing that comes up is a uh, Bucks article from yesterday with the headline: Bucks really, really want to keep Chris Godwin. So you know that there is there is potential chance that they might be able to get him back on a better deal with uh, with the ACL tear. But I think that he's uh, I think that that injury has probably made him potentially more affordable to others in the market for a wide receiver. So, for example, I would absolutely love for the Browns to be sniffing around. Yeah, same Um, here with the Chiefs. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, he he is going to be the top prospect in terms of wide receiver, um, I think, in for uh, free agency. But there is uh, there there is so much, um, there are so many, so many teams that could go after him. You know, like the Chiefs are one of them, of which I've read a lot. You know, asking for there are some of which I don't think that he would entertain, like the Jags, for example, even though they'd be able to offer him an absolute shed load. Yeah. Um, you know, you, the Eagles, the Colts, the Patriots. So I reckon that he is going to end up getting quite a fair bit. Um, you're probably looking at somewhere along the line of... See, with the ACL as well, you probably want to be able to put down more years, but then spread it out a bit more. So something like maybe five years, 85 mil, something like that. Yeah, I think someone would pay him something like that, or if not more, to be honest with how he is. But the ACL is definitely going to kind of limit his value a little bit. Um, yeah. I just find it we... interesting. I think if they don't tag him, then he obviously is free to to talk to anyone. And I just I can't see a player like him who's been there for that long and played with that many terrible or average offences. Now, if Brady's not there, and he probably speaks to Brady privately, so if he, if he thinks there's no chance Brady unretires... I can't see why you wouldn't test free agency and just. I mean, Brady's not unretiring to the Bucks. You know, he there is no way he's going to unretire and keep at Tampa. Yeah, but then they'd at least have to trade him, so there's a chance you get a QB back. Do you know what I mean? Because I think Chris Godwin, I just think he's the sort of player that I think he wants to go somewhere with a good QB and a good offense. And I don't want to bring up uh, NFL films, but there's many clips of him talking about Patrick Mahomes on the sideline at the Super Bowl, which I quite enjoyed Chris Godwin saying how great he was. So uh, that's what I'm hoping for. But yeah, I don't think he'll be a buck personally. I know that the articles are there. I know that um, Jason Light mentioned it. They want to keep him yesterday in his press conference, but I am under the opinion that he actually goes. And I think he's one of the only top free agents with Mike Williams and and Adams and people like that staying. I think Chris Godwin will be the one to, to leave personally. Yeah. Uh, Next one then. Uh, we're going to go away for wide. Let's actually no stick with wide receiver. So Alan Robinson, different situation, was also tagged, but it seems like the Bears don't want to keep him. His tag would be quite a lot, and he had his worst season as a pro. It was pretty bad last season, but uh, the offense was also pretty bad. I was bad. going to say, but can we give a can we give a worthy shout out to the Chicago Bears <laughs> offense? You know, yeah, in exactly. general, it was awful, and it's just so disjointed. I think that players get done for. Players get done on individual stats in a league of which requires you to be such a team. Yeah. You know, you can say that about all team sports, but in the NFL, it seems much worse because obviously the stats are driven that much more. And if you're Alan Robinson, you're having to depend on on your QB play and on 
being able to create an offensive game plan and all the rest of it. And, you know, the Bears were just deer in headlights for most of the year. Yeah, I agree. And I think the problem with him is he's a bit older than Godwin. Not doesn't have the ACL, but I think he's 30 as opposed to 27. Yeah. So I think he'll be a little bit cheaper. And I do think he's the sort of player that a contender will want to get. And there's that famous story that he's basically never played, has he? I know he played with Fields but as a rookie, but before Fields, it's only been like Mitch Trubisky, Blake Balls and Chad Henney that he's ever played with. So I do think he is a prime candidate to do one of those two-year deals, you know, with a contender yeah. where it's, it's like all cash up it- front. It, yeah, rather a big per year deal, but much less actually put down because of the years. You know, he's the sort of one who I could expect going for about eight, you know, eighteen to twenty mil, um, but only for a couple of years. Um, and to be honest with you, he's the sort of one who I could imagine the Chiefs go um, going with as a cheaper alternative. Um, yeah, I think the same about the Packers as well, actually. Yeah, the Packers are similar team for them for that for that reason as well. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree absolutely. Um, next one then. Let's swap to the other top tier player. So Teron Armstead of the Saints. Weird year for him. Lots of injuries. Obviously left tackle. They're not going to tag him because a we just spoke about it. They can barely tag their safety, whose tag money is going to be a hell of a lot less than the left tackle. Uh, I just think the the way they're going, that they're not going to re-sign him. I just think that pushing all this money into the future time and time again uh, with no QB now, I just think the Saints aren't going to do that. So for me, I think he is probably the best player that will definitely change teams. And I was kind of wondering, with his injury history, do you think he's going to be the type of free agent that just goes for this stupid, I don't know, Bengals, Jags, Jets deal for loads of money? Or do you think he's going to want to go to one of these top two or three teams? Because I think he's just going to want to kind of secure the future for his family with, with a big deal. I mean, there's definitely a lot to be said for that. I I actually think in any case that he will get quite a few attractive offers from big teams because offensive linemen are, dif- are difficult to come by, especially tackles. Um, you know, good ones are difficult to come by, even with the injury worries. Um, so there there are teams out there that there are teams out there that are ready. Um, to make a push, need an offensive tackle and have a lot of cap space. The Bengals come to mind. Yeah, Dolphins as well for me. Dolphins, you know, that sort of caliber. The ones who I expect to be on the fringes of the playoffs next year, you know, wild card, wild card candidates. You you know, you could definitely go to one of those, still make your bank because they're going to have cap space. There's quite a few wild card teams that have good cap space. And you know he'll still be able to demand twenty twenty two mil off the uh, off the back of this. So you know yeah. a two three year deal, twenty mil twenty two mil a year. You know that's definitely not crazy for a player of his caliber. No, I even think a team like the Colts who uh, don't traditionally spend yeah. loads in free agency, but they do spend on the offensive line. I just think that's another team that maybe not as good just to, due to the QB issues. But I still think someone like that could offer him a massive deal. But um, yeah, I think he'll, for me, he's going to definitely move teams. I'm a little bit less sure on Godwin, but I think him and uh, him and Robertson will. Uh, next on the list, then, there's two guards. So I wanted to get your views on both of them. We've got uh, Ryan Jensen from the Bucks, one of the best centres uh, in the league, and then Brandon Scher from Washington, who's had a lot of injury problems, but when he's played, he's been very good. Do you see them in a similar tier where you're going to be looking at a short-term, high-level money deal, or do you think one of them potentially could go for one of these mammoth deals that someone like Joe Tooney got over five years last year? So if it was going to be one over the other, it would be Jensen. Um, that could get one of the bigger ones. 
in terms in terms of who's grabbing grabbing them or most interested in them, then you know, please see above. It's yeah. you know very much the same sort of space as to um, as to the needs and also the, where where the cash is likely to go. They're still going to be able to demand quite high amounts of money. I think that injury proneness is is less of a factor when it comes to great offensive linemen. Yeah. Simply because they would rather risk it. Yeah, and hope they get that. Have... Hope they get that one healthy season, sort of. Thing. Exactly. Yeah, because it only takes that one. <laughs> yeah, true. What about um, Jensen for the Bucks, though? So I know uh, there's loads of free agents for the Bucks. We can talk. Me and Patrick can talk about that on our team needs episode next week. But they've got loads of which we've already spoken about. Three plus, obviously, Marpet just retired. Do you think there's any chance they want to keep Ryan Jensen around and pay yeah, him maybe more than anyone pro- else? Yeah, I mean, he's probably going to be one of the cheaper of the options that they have to keep around. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the books, if if Brady's not, um, you, you know, if, if Brady's definitely not coming back and I imagine that Gronk will probably exit the same same way. And, you know, they, there will be a fair bit of cash to keep some around. And, you know, you're going to need to keep some core pieces. So... You know, you know, as long as the as long as the locker room isn't as toxic as some people seem to make out at the end of last season, you know, Jensen could very well just uh, be able to uh, take a nice tidy packet. It, I, I think that in terms of you know players sticking around, you need to not just look at the contracts itself, but also as to the likelihood of them sticking around because of the team chemistry as well, and the likelihood of them being able to actually push on. If if it's a case of they feel like it's done with the Bucks, you know, you're not going to get back to the playoffs or to the Super Bowl or something like that. They might jump ship. It's why a lot of players jump ship after a Super Bowl, because they think, right, that's, that's it for that. Not getting back here again with these lot. Let's go. <laughs> So they, it could be that, but it, it could be a good avenue for the Bucks to take. Yeah, I agree. I think they're going to keep a couple of players just because of the, the Arians is very keen on. they got to get the bums on seats somehow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they can create some cap space at the moment. They're, they're a million down, but there are ways they can easily create it. And we'll see what they do. But yeah, I think with Marpet and probably Kappa leaving, the other guards, I just think there's a chance they could they could probably keep Jensen. But I also think a team like the, the Ravens or the Jets or whoever that really need a centre, they could pay him over the odds at his age because he's relatively old for a centre. I do think that he could get a massive deal, but we'll see. Uh, two offensive linemen, then they're in that next tier that I'm seeing a lot of fans of teams on Twitter talk about. It's got Lake and Tomlinson, left guard for the 49ers. Not going to cost as much as those two, but he's younger. And then Dwayne Brown, who's also older than Teron Armstead, but also probably won't cost as much. Uh, are they going to be the two sort of players that you just see go into uh, a veteran team to try and win a ring? Or do you think there's any chance that uh, one of these poor teams overspends for someone? Because I could see Tomlinson at age like 27, potentially getting quite a big deal from some random team that maybe uh, shouldn't be spending that much on a guard. But I think Dwayne well, Brown... Well, isn't that the me, way it always is? You know, you try and get someone who you can sell as a as a great get... You know, you pay them a little bit over the odds, but that's just to be able to give a little bit of a good, good, warm feeling to your fan base on. Mm. You know, it's but it's also the kind of move that would work out well because you're still getting a great player in a good position that's going to help, you know, help your your young QB, for example. I'm thinking Jags and Lawrence, for example, or yeah. the, the Jets and Wilson. 
you know, how many times did Wilson fall to the turf last season, for example? So, you know, it's uh, exactly, you know, it's they, they wouldn't be stupid moves, but they were, you know, they, they're likely to help prop up the market for, you know, your Jensen's and your shirts because they're likely to get snapped up quicker, I'd say as well. Um, simply because of the fact that uh, the lower teams feel like they've got more chance of bagging them. Yeah, I agree. I actually think, too, like the Bears as well, 20 million in cap space, young QB, offense that got sacked a hell of a lot last year. I just think they're another team for me that would just be looking at players like that. Absolutely, prime team for it. Yeah, but if I'm I'm the 49ers, I'll be trying to keep Tomlinson. I think if I'm the Seahawks, I'm... I'm rebuilding, so I wouldn't keep Dwayne Brown, but they're never going to rebuild, so they, they might also want to keep Dwayne Brown. We'll see. Um, let's go for the mid-tier wide receiver pot now. We've got three names here, one of which you'd never want to talk about, but we're going to make you. I as... can I can talk about OBJ. <laughs> so we got, we got Juju, OBJ, to uh, obviously <laughs> NFC North so Legends. You're killing me here. I didn't even see Juju Smith-Schuster <laughs> hidden there. Yeah. Cool. And then Michael Gallup, who unfortunately did get injured last year, but before that was having an incredibly good season. was actually having a better season than C.D. Lamb at the start of the year, but um, did get injured. Uh, those three players then, uh, I've got one coming off an ACL, one not had the best season in, in Gallup, and then uh, towards the end, and then Juju, who had the shoulder injury and missed the end of the season. That's kind of why they're all in this pot. Which one do you think is likely to get that big long-term deal? Because for me, uh, I, there's a chance I could see Juju and Odell both re-signing for the teams that they played with last year. God, is 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 there a none option here? Um, I, I think Gallup's I, good though at his age. I've I've got to admit, after the first, um, yeah, Gallup Gallup is likely to be the one. I'd say of the three, um, you know, G- Gallup is definitely one of those who put it this way: if if the Browns ended up snapping him up on a long term contract, I'd be celebrating. You know, it, he you know he's definitely the one that that you know is able to produce game in game out as to whether or not i think it's going to be one of those long-term flashy sort of contracts no but then again i've been proved wrong on these matters before see kenny, um, see kenny holiday for, for, for evidence well exactly yeah but then again though, that falls under the desperate team making punchy contract move yeah. um so you know the Giants definitely, uh, definitely wanted to um, put Galladay up in lights by the looks of that. Um, yeah, OBJ I reckon ends up back on a on a flimsy looking deal because they don't know if he's going to. I mean, this is his second ACL. I think it's with the Rams as well, right? With the relationship there, living there, and they could offer him an incentive deal that means they don't pay him anything basically yeah. to the playoffs. And then if he's not healthy, he wouldn't make any money anyway. And if he is then it's a bonus. I think that's what the Rams will do. Yeah, and it's almost no risk, isn't it, as well, um, on both sides, because you feel like any other team is going to be taking on risk. And as much as you don't want me to say it, there is a circus that that follows Odell Beckham (laughs) round. No, but there is. There is. You know, there was a circus in New York with it, with him. There was a circus in Cleveland. There is a circus in LA with it. Just the fact that 
there is always a circus in LA. It just follows different people across different sports and or film and or music. So, you know, <laughs> LA can deal with it a hell of a lot better. I promise you that if Odell Beckham Jr. ended up in Kansas City, Kansas City would become toxic. With I can promise you I'll be the happiest stories. man in the world of that. <laughs> oh, but it's just a double-edged sword. And I really wanted Odell to work out. As you know, I kept saying, I really, really like yeah, the look did. of the guy. I just want it to work and it never did. Um, I but, think the injury is the big factor, though, isn't it? I just yeah, I don't know what it, you're it's a get. huge factor, and also the fact that it's ACLs twice now. You know, two two consecutive years, two ACLs. You know, it's a lot to come back from, and yeah. also it shows you that you can't commit long term money to him. Yeah. And it's a long injury as well, isn't it? So you can it's miss a long the whole injury. season. Yeah, I agree. Well, well, yeah, because he did it in February, not in November like he did last time. So it looks like he could well only come back in November, December. And, True. and you know, do you even need to put him on a contract this year? Do you just wait until next year? Yeah, I think my view is the Rams will do some sort of like $2 million deal where he gets $2 million up front to basically rehab and do what he wants. And then they have him for the playoffs. But yeah, I think here... Can, can the Rams do that money-wise? Yeah, well, they'll need to move things around. But yeah, I was um, going to say it's a lot to move around for someone that might not play at all. When that could be going towards someone that could impact. Don't get me wrong, I get what OBJ brings to, and on a team like the Rams, it worked perfectly. You know, OBJ is going to be, if if OBJ is able to stay on the field and do what he does well, he is the best second wide receiver in the game. Yeah. You know, because he he is a he is a a number one wide receiver playing in a number two role, right? Yeah, I agree. So you know he can do that with his eyes shut. He is worth the money for that. But if you only get him for five games a year, or less in this scenario, <laughs> or less in this scenario, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I think the the risk with the Rams is actually the fact that Woods has also had the ACL and. To receive, I know Woods did it way earlier, so he will be back for for probably September. And then but... also, you got to pay both of them for maybe yeah. only one of them, and only one of them's uh, got a chance of getting back on an ACL, and then you still got to worry about that. Yeah, it's it's a lot, especially for a team that has no youth capital to be driving <laughs> up either. So they would have to go into the free agency market as well to top up their reserves. It's it's tough. It's tough for a for a front office to be able to brazenly go. No, we got this, and we're just going to ride on there being no injuries this year. Yeah, I, I think his deal would have to involve involve something like void years at the end just to try and extend it. But for the cap, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, any thoughts um, on Ju- any thoughts on Juju? Obviously, weird year last year. The Ravens and Chiefs offered him more money to go play in. Not, I don't think I'm not biased here. Not arguably better offenses, just better offenses. Uh, and, I mean, uh, you don't you don't have to be biased. You're being objective. Yeah, um, and then and then he still signed in in Pittsburgh. So does he do that again, or do you think the fact that they won't even have a QB probably by free agency start date means that maybe he's gonna gonna explore it? Because I know for a fact that um, the Chiefs are, are interested, and there's rumours that the Colt the Colts are also very interested. Why? So. I like Juju. I, I, I find it Juju's very complex to me. Um, you know, I I find that he is he can do a job. I just I'm I'm uncertain if he's worth the hype that's constantly given to him, and that's not not me being AFC North bias or anything. Mm-hmm. I, I do you know I understand that there is a potential for bias in this, but 
you know, to me, he's just the sort of player that you could probably find a lot. Put it this way. If you if you're telling me you've got Gallup and you've got Juju Smith-Schuster and you've even got Corridell Patterson, I know he's not a fully fledged wide receiver. You know, he's a he, he, he is just an offensive Swiss army knife. Yeah. But if you're giving me the choice of those three, Juju's getting the least amount of money right now. Yeah, I think Juju, that's why I put him on the list. I just think he'll get a six to eight million deal, and that's what a contender would want. I don't think he'll get what Gallup will get. I think Gallup will get a three, four-year yeah. deal, but I don't think Juju will. But, yeah, I just don't want him to stay in Pittsburgh again. I think, A, the vibes of the team are just weird with him and Claypool. But, B, uh, I just think it's odd that someone would want to stay in such a bad offense. But maybe Right, you know what? Now I am going to put my bias hat back on. I'd love Juju smith to <laughs> stay in Pittsburgh and for them to not be able to get a proper QB in. You know, um, I'd love but, for him to go to the Browns just to keep you happy. <laughs> oh, God. But also, that would be very Cleveland Browns because then we would have yet another player that has a double barrel surname. <laughs> so, you know, our, our Jersey crew is going to have a real game of it. Peoples Jones, Smith Schuster, Awusu Koromoa. Anybody else? Is there, is there anyone with double barrels going through the draft because we're picking them up? <laughs> There's, I'm sure there's a couple, and we'll see. You'll, you'll draft them in the fourth round just because of the name. But yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll see what happens with Juju. I'm a bit more of a fan than some people, but um, I also do agree that he's not a number one wide receiver. And, and also, that you've got the injury issues as well. It's another year where he's had the injury issues. Yeah, and it's always shoulder or and... of, of which you kind of need as a wide receiver. Yeah, apparently, exactly. so, surveys have said that. <laughs> Uh, two more offensive players and quickly like you said one is Cordell Patterson and the other one is Dalton Schultz I kind of wanted to lump them together because uh, funny enough they're on the team more on offense than anyone else on this list uh, basically apart from Terran Armstead so when they play they nearly play all of the snaps when they're healthy um, I personally would think that the Cowboys would be silly to let Schultz walk so I think he could be re-signed um, but I do think Patterson leaves the Falcons and goes to some other team on a deal that maybe is too much money for someone of his age. Yeah, Pat- Patterson is going to benefit from recency bias. I mean, especially if there are some uh, if if there are some teams of which are a bit more fantasy oriented in terms of just looking to get a flashy player in. Um, because my God, did he have a good year last year? I think that. Uh, you know, he's the sort of person that would excite you as a fan as well. And maybe as a player, just be able to plug in for things like third downs and stuff like that. Be able to um, be able to extend the field a little bit and just give you something different. So that's exciting. Dalton Schultz, like you say, the Cowboys would be uh, stupid to let him go, I think, because he is such a consistent performer for them. Um, whether or not the Cowboys are really looking at that, I don't know. But... Um, yeah, Again, though, tight end market is weird. Tight end yeah. market is always weird. You know, usually tight ends stick around, and if they move, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, there's actually loads of tight ends on the market this year as well. Loads. Yeah. Probably not a good thing for the tight ends because they're all going to compete with each other and probably knock and the price bring down. The price but, down, yeah. But yeah, I think the Cowboys will resign them, especially if they uh, trade Amari Cooper, which is a story for a, a different pod. Uh, let's flip over to defense then. Um, let's start with the Super Bowl champion. Why not double? Uh, Von Miller is one I put at the top because it's very interesting because his end of season stats were elite. Uh, aside from the obvious big five or six edge rushers in the league, his um, his pressure rate was basically the seventh best in the league. So he was incredible after about week 12. 
Um, do you think he stays back in LA or do you think at his age now, two rings, he is going to take someone who can pay them more money? Because I just don't see there's a way the Rams can pay him more than some of these teams. Or like I said, do you think he sticks around and does a Shaq Barrett and maybe take a bit less money to stay where he was? I think the allure of LA might keep him around. Um, yeah. You know, especially coming off the back of a Super Bowl year as well. Um, you know, he can now say that, you know, he's uh, that's his second ring, obviously. So he can say that he's done it twice. He can now lead a very comfortable life in L.A. Um, you know, the the money. I mean, my God, the man's got so much money. It's insane. <laughs> just in just in any case. So he might end up just taking a couple of mil just to have a much more comfortable lifestyle uh, surrounded by other superstars. You know, L.A.'s going to obviously have a very difficult task to keep everyone or most of them together but something about LA's roster building is that you know they 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 can't really let too many go because of the fact that they put so much into actually acquiring these players in the first place so I think that the Rams are gonna do something some sort of trickery to put a good offer to him and hope that the allure of LA keeps him from uh, from wandering eyes. But you know, Denver to LA, where where do you go from there? <laughs> yeah, I agree. I do think it'd be a short term deal. I think he's clever enough to know that he could oh, sign yeah. a, a one year deal maybe and, and go again. But yeah, they're currently twenty two million over the well, cap. Well, the Rams enjoy that, don't they? They enjoy knocking things down the road until they've got enough capital to then replace you. Yeah, similar to what the Saints do, but. Yeah, but but better, um, arguably better but yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, but better, yeah, with good trades. But yeah, yeah, I think he sticks around. But I do think he'll get a couple of nice offers. But yeah, I think LA and the fact he gets to play with Aaron Donald um, yeah. will, will be in the law of that. Uh, cool. Two people in the secondary then. Uh, both probably older than you'd like to spend on a massive deal. Both of them will be asking for a huge contract. Uh, Stefan Gilmore and Tyron Matthew. Both have come out in the press and or agents have and said they want to be the best paid in their position. Uh, they're both relatively old. Uh, Gilmore had a pretty poor season by his standard just due to injury. And then that Panthers trade, which was a little bit weird. Uh, I can't see the Panthers trying to resign him. And then Tyron Matthew, uh, different situation being with the Chiefs, being one of their better players, but then salary cap may indicate that they don't want to keep him because of his age. Uh, what are your thoughts on these two? Do they get those massive deals that you see in free agency where you're thinking, okay, you've overpaid for someone there? because of their age, but they're still good players now, but what will the deal be like in three years? Or do you think maybe they get a bit of a discount to stay where they are? See, it's whether or not money does end up being the the, the drawing factor because good front offices aren't going to, you, you know, they aren't, they aren't just going to go, right, we'll offer you the house just yeah. because you are who you say, you know, they, they are wise to things such as age and performance and, where you are in your career um, and maybe i can see one of these taking a wh- whoever goes first is going to have the long-term deal so one of these will go first they'll have the long-term deal of which maybe breaks it by a dollar or something like that right it's going to be very very close to whatever the record currently is but with bonuses and everything else it will end up reading you know so Huge. many yeah so many years for this amount of money so they'll get away with it and then whoever signs up second will get like one or two years for the per year by an extra like 
50k or something like that so they'll get dramatically less money in the contract yeah but they'll get more money per year and that'll be the way around it as to who offers them these i have no clue yeah they're tough i think to work out to be honest yeah but i think that whoever gets them on the shorter deal but with more money is taking on less risk yeah, I would agree, especially at their ages. And um, yeah. Tyler Matthew, pretty healthy, to be fair, the last two years. But before that, pretty injury-prone. And Gilmore, obviously, has been really injury-prone for, for two seasons now. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think there's a, a scenario where Matthew will stay with the Chiefs, which upsets mm. me greatly. And I, I was going to say, I, I'd be upset greatly as well. I think that Matthew's one of the one of the great players. And to be honest with you, he probably does deserve... Yeah, uh, a nice a nice packet it's just the fact that like you say there are so many factors of which makes it difficult to to sanction such a such a thing but then again though they, they'll end up getting the massive money offers from someone that's looking to make a splash and they'll end up getting the cleverer offers from those looking to uh looking to win a ring it's just depends as to what they want more yeah i think with matthew uh, he's already said he wants to stay in kansas city but you can tell the Chiefs say words like Orlando Brown will be our left tackle of the future. And then with Tyron Matthew, they say, we will try and work a deal out. We both like each yeah. other, but we'll see if it fits. It's just not the same vocab. You know, you know, the kind of happening. Yeah. The rumours are that uh, Matthew wants a four-year deal and the Chiefs have only offered him a two-year deal. So you're going to have to offer Tyron yeah, Matthew. So, if... so the Chiefs are trying to be clever with it and, uh, you know, give him what he wants in a slightly... Uh... In a slightly safer way, and Matthew's just looking for the bag. So that means that Tyron Matthew will be going to the New York Jets <laughs> in a six-year, fifty-five, sixty million dollar deal. I don't know what's a good range for a cornerback. I'm, uh... I have a, I have a weird feeling that uh, Tyron Matthew will be a Baltimore Raven, which will upset both of oh, us. Oh, don't you dare! So, don't um, you dare! Next tier of players then is five deep. No, I'm upset. I'm upset <laughs> so, now. I'm one off. <laughs> so it's uh, it's four older edges and then one who's maybe not quite in that top tier. So we have Randy Gregory of the Cowboys, your edge, uh, Javon Clowney from the Browns, Emmanuel Ogba yeah. from the Dolphins. Yeah. Our, our previous edge, Emmanuel yeah. Ogba. Yeah, and ours as well. Akeem <laughs> Hicks from the Bears and then our other previous edge, Melvin Ingram. Um, who was obviously Steelers and Chiefs last year. So of those five names, Ogbro is clearly the youngest, but maybe not quite as proven over the long term as the others. Which one do you see getting a big deal out of those five names? Or do you think they all end up signing those short one, two-year deals? So like you said earlier, with the tight end market, the bigger the market, the lower the pay. So it makes sense for them all to sort of go for lower bigger amounts of money so that they can then try and hit the market at a better point later um however you can see for example Jadavian Clowney I think wants stability I think he wants the multi-year deal that just keeps him in one place for long enough he said that he would be happy to do that in Cleveland but he wants the bag you know, he's made it very, very clear that he wants the money. He'll be going to wherever gives him the money. He'll, he would be happy playing for the London flipping Jaguars <laughs> if it secured him the most money, of which, fair enough, he's had, you know, he did exactly what he wanted to do in Cleveland, which was, you know, pad his stats so that he could prove that he wasn't a one-hit wonder. 
and you know secure him the most so you know he's going to go to wherever gets him the most money so he'll get a big contract because he's already asked for it it sounds like that won't be with the browns from it, what you're hearing as a fan um so unlikely it, maybe it's unlikely i mean the um the the vocabulary is very much a case of you know we are you know we are in talks we we would like to keep him around he had a great year but uh, you know things have to align so you know i i think that it would definitely be a case of maybe offering him a bag with less years so you know which is something which the browns can do with their cap space you know they they do have the money to make it happen and he you know he definitely proved his value yeah but that was alongside miles garrett you know, it's very much a case of if you've got Miles Garrett on your team, you need a serviceable edge that can sack a quarterback in order to get good stats. That's that's what Clowney proved last year. Yeah. Um, Emmanuel, Clown, Clowney's a very good run defender as well, which doesn't oh, matter. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, AFC North yeah. especially, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he did, a, he did do a great job. It's just the fact that it's very obvious that he would... He, he, he reminded me a lot of what OBJ reminds me a lot of with the Rams, of which is that if you are, if you're playing as the second best in your position and the first in your position is someone that is, you know, one of the top, if not the top in that position, then you're going to have a very easy time of it. So if you're good at that position then you're going to do great, so, you know, that's he, he's going to end up benefiting from it simply because of the fact that his stats were great. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at the others. I think that, um, oh God, any of them could. I mean, the names are fantastic. That's the thing. This this free agency, you know, this this grouping of players is awesome. So they all deserve big deals and they could all get big deals. It could just be chasing the big deal. Yeah, I think Ogba as well, being younger, has got a really good chance of getting paid. Yeah, which, which puts him into that category. Yeah. You know, they, they, there is probably no one there that you would be hesitant in putting a big deal down for. Yeah, true. Yeah, I, I think maybe Clowney is the risk just because of the injuries, but then Randy Gregory obviously had as many injuries this year as anyone else. But yeah, I agree. I think Akeem Hicks as well is a weird one because him and Melvin Ingram have both had big deals before. And yeah. now they're kind of at a different stage in their career. So I do wonder if they're going to be the old six million cash all up front. No incentives. Just give me the money and then I'll play on a one year. I could see that with those two. But yeah, I agree. I think Clowney and Ogba, they're going to be looking for long term deals because they both moved around quite a lot, to be honest. Clowney's had well, four teams. Ogba's had four teams. So yeah, I'm pretty sure they would just like to be able to put their kids through the same school for a little period. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is rare in the NFL, especially for an edge player. Uh, if you're not elite, you, you tend to move teams a lot. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, next segment then, two corners then. I don't think either of them for me are a, what you call a cornerback one. I think they're going to be your second corner, but with all the wide receivers in the NFL, we know that you need cornerbacks. So Darius Williams, obviously the Rams, didn't have a very good playoffs, but was good before that. Uh, Casey Hayward Jr. as well moved around, obviously Chargers and Raiders. Um, what are your thoughts on those two? I think maybe two players that can't quite claim that massive bag. Um, but they're also the type, exact type of player that some bad team could pay them a massive bag out of desperation. So where do you see those two fitting in a free agency? Yeah, it's like you say, it's one of those of where of which it could go one of two ways, of which is that they are either going to be overhyped by small teams or they're actually going to be steals by bigger teams. 
Um, you know, I could definitely see someone, you know, I could see a contender going after Hayward Jr., for example. Um, you know, I, I, I do like him as a player. Um, I think that he would fit a lot of teams and do well for them. Um, the, um, the the money aspect, I mean, nowadays, corners get injured so often. You know, how many times have we seen multiple corners out and uh, and things like that? So, you know, the, the ability to stack your cornerback rooms now has become one of the big thing with defenses to have a stack secondary. Yeah, and. You know, he's a bit, you know, he can play a bit all over as well. He's not afraid of going deep and also playing at the line as well. You know, he can, he can do a bit of that. So I do like him a bit more, I think, than Darius Williams. And also with Williams having shied away a bit in the playoffs. Recency bias reigns king in the NFL. Yeah, it's not a good time for him to get, I know he's a Super Bowl champion, but yeah, the playoffs were not, not nice to him. So I agree. I think people are going to look at that and, Maybe teams that thought, okay, we'll try him as our corner one and pay him a bit more money. I think they're going to see him as firmly as like a corner two, corner three. Yeah, exactly, which I think is... and, that, and that just knocks down a couple of mil. Yeah, it does. I just can't see him staying with the Rams either because I think he's going to want too much money and they've seen his kind of frailties in the playoffs themselves and I just think that they're the sort of team that, like they did with the, uh, Troy Hill, they, they're very clever on when to move on from good players. And he is a good player, but he's not a great player, so... Yeah, I agree. I think he'll get less money than, than Casey Hayward. Um, then the last on this current list, then, is uh, another tier. So we've got three more edge rushers. Uh, we've got Jerry Hughes and Claire Campbell, who are both older, so 38 and 36. And then Hassan Reddick, who is younger, but unfortunately has had injury problems. But he was good last year with the Panthers. Uh, this is like the tier below, I guess, the edges we spoke about earlier. I was going to say, my God, we've already started falling off the cliff, haven't we? If, uh, <laughs> if, if this is what the top 25 are like, God knows what Greg Rosenthal's top 100 list is going to look like. Yeah, he'll have some different ones, I'm, I'm sure. But um, yeah, I, I actually quite like Calais Campbell and, and Asan Reddick. I'm not as high on, on Jerry Hughes personally. But uh, do you see them all three in a similar level of like a flyer? Or again, is someone going to overpay Reddick just because he's a few years younger than these other guys? Um, but yeah, as, a Brown, as a Browns fan, are you going to want any interest, for example, in any of these three players if Clowney walks for big money? Like, are they going to be affordable for a team like you or the Chiefs or I don't know? The I Packers? mean, I, I mean, I guess if you're asking me as to which one I'd like the Browns to take a flyer on, it'd be Reddick. Um, you know, I think that Clayus Campbell is one of those that you know his name gets him further than his play nowadays. Um, you know, you. You hear about him quite a lot, but I'm not really seeing the production. And also, his age is a factor. Like you say, with this T, you got two where you'd be looking at single-year contracts, and then you got Reddick, who you know you do worry about being able to stay healthy. And you know, defensive edge is one of those where if you can't stay healthy, then you are hindering your team quite a bit because a lot of what you can do on defense depends on having good edge edge rushers. So you need a team with a good edge rusher that's consistent in order to take a flyer a team like the browns is one i suppose you know having miles garrett there means that you know you could miss um you could miss someone that's injury prone a bit more but it does mean that yeah your money will go down i think that they're those three are probably in the right uh the right ballpark tier um couldn't tell you as to uh, as to where they'd likely go or anything like that, but um, you know, yeah, is it, they, they I are think, yeah, I think I think Calais Campbell has a chance to stay in Baltimore just because of the veteran presence and they don't have a lot of edge play. But yeah, I think Reddick and Hughes are the sort of player that 
come free agency when there's been about four hours of constant tweets of deals, they'll sign for a team and you're like, oh, that's a bit random. I didn't think I'm going there. And they'll probably make an impact or they'll be terrible. I just think they're very up and down sort of players. But if they land in the right fit, in the right scheme, I think they could be good. But yeah, I could see Clare's Campbell just staying in Baltimore just because of his veteran leadership. But he is, yeah. thir- he is 38. So well, put gonna- it this way, his age is so much of a factor that the first question that you see when you type in Calais Campbell into Google mm-hmm. is, did Calais Campbell retire? <laughs> to which there is an answer of, Campbell joined the Sky Sports broadcast after the game and insisted he has no plans to retire and will play again in 2022. So, you know, when you have that over, over you, Yeah, you know you're old. You know you're probably only going to get a one-year deal. And it's either going to be convenience or money, one or the other. Yeah, I would agree. Um, Cool, so that's the players we've got written down. Are there any other free agents um, that you've seen, whether that's scouting for the Browns or you've just seen kind of come across Twitter that you think are interesting enough to talk about or do you think we've hit the ones? Uh, I reckon that we've hit the ones. I've not exactly taken a look at the big board yet, though. So you watch. I'll probably be uh, pounding on your WhatsApp later on going, Liam, we missed this guy. What about this guy? But uh, no, um, I think that they're, you know, those are the ones which are going to light up the board on the first day of free agency alongside the uh, the ones that don't get tagged. Um, God, I would really like to see someone like Devontae Ad- Adams hit free agency just because of the the consequential meltdown of nfl twitter <laughs> but it's not going to happen but uh no there there are some tasty names just within that 25 of which we've gone through that uh you, you know that that will have to be picked up it's just a shame that half of them are injured most of the time yeah there are a few injuries this year which is uh, i think free agency will be interesting to see what deals people get and uh, it's quite weird as well because a lot of the free agents are from very similar teams you've got a lot of cowboys yeah. you've got a lot of bucks there's a lot of Chiefs there. There's a few Panthers. I think that's and, to do with the uh, general nature of the NFL now. I think that because of the way in which teams try to, you know, build and go, and then they'll dump everyone and then go again. Yeah. You know, I think that you do get almost like fire sales. Yeah, you almost get like three years of a team, and then after that, you can see a lot of uh, a lot of churn, I guess. But uh, yeah. yeah, let's end it with this question then. As a Browns fan, for any Browns fan listening, what's one free agent that's realistic that you would want your team to sign? Uh, Gallup. Oh, nice. So you're going to say Godwin. So it's either Gallup or Godwin, but like the ACL scares me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Get, so get, get, us, get ourselves a, a first wide receiver with our first round pick. And then pick up Gallup and you'll be pick, happy. Pick up Gallup as a second. And then you've got Peoples-Jones and or Landry and or flipping Schwartz as wide receivers three through five. Yeah. Well, that's the funny thing as well. These are free agents now, and everyone moans that some of these will get re-signed. But don't forget, teams are going to cut players all over the place. Like, yes. Oh, a, yeah. A massive this, this chance will grow. To... Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, you you could well see Jarvis Landry end that's up on exactly this as well, of which, of which you know, you'd probably put him in with the same as you probably put him on the on, on the tier just under Smith Schuster and. Uh, um, Patterson maybe you'd probably put him ju- in the tier directly below that where he's getting on a bit but he is incredibly consistent and will get you good stats yeah there's loads of names being banded around as well like Gab Bradbury from the Giants they could cut him 
Chiefs are definitely going to cut Frank Clark. So there's loads of names that, that will come on, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I, I'm one a big fan of free agency, so I'm excited for. Uh, oh yeah, a massive fan so. of free agency. Absolutely, you know, it's uh, it, it's a transfer window for the NFL. Yeah. It, you know, and you don't get it all that often. So you got to turn yeah. your tweet Twitter notifications on, though, or else you're going to get lost, aren't you? If you're trying to follow the news, that's for sure. Yeah, I know you, you you either do that or you um you pick on four particular sites and just refresh those throughout <laughs> the day. Non-stop, yeah, cool. Yeah. All right, well, uh, I think that leaves us there for free agency. Next week, me and Patrick are going to do our AFC and NFC team needs, um, go through free agency for each of those teams and, and positions they need and, and talk about how they're going to improve their teams. But thanks, Josh, for coming on, mate. Do you want to give a quick shout-out for your Twitter handle and also uh, let us know when uh, the Full 10 Yards podcast that you feature on is going to come back? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm at Believeland Brit. That is Believeland Brit um, for a number of reasons. <laughs> I, I just want a good year. Um, um, I do head up the uh, 14 Yards podcast with uh, Sean and Steve. We will be back as soon as free agency starts. So um, so that week is when we'll be back. You can follow that on at 14 Yards, uh, 10 as the number. And nice, also, yeah. Liam, can I just ask one favour when you do the AFC needs? Go for it. Don't don't say that the Browns need a quarterback. Just <laughs> just just it put might those be... urges deep down inside you and just forget about it for a bit. All right, we know your feelings. Hey, your be, feelings are receiver, not noted. <laughs> wide receiver would be the first, but I can't Good. promise that QB won't end up being third or fourth. On but the list. it's not yeah. a need this year. He's under contract. They're going to they're going to play. It's just a waste of two minutes of your life. Just don't do it. <laughs> yeah, it'd be very much the same as our Daniel Jones convo, where we just say they're not going to change QB, but we think they should, and then move on. Probably. I also... am disgusted that you're putting Baker Mayfield and Daniel Jones <laughs> in the same sentence. But okay, that that's that because otherwise it's going to be another half hour of just me berating you on this podcast, and I don't think your listeners want that just yet. We'll save that for a special pod. Yeah, you can listen to the AFC team needs and then come back on for a bowl. We shall see. But um, yeah, thanks again, mate, for joining us. Uh, me and Patrick will be back next week. Go follow us at, at Go for 2 pod uh, 2 being the number two. And we will speak to you guys soon.